pass. Um, yep. All right. Thank you again for, you know, coming in and uh, doing this interview. Um, welcome again to the uh, Dream Chamber podcast. Um, Sleep Paralysis Dream Chamber um, here with our guest of this week, uh, Vapor Kitty, a.k.a. Crockwave, a.k.a. What else do you like going by? <laughs> Whatever. VK, people call me by the initials VK, which I like. VK. Um, all right. So I want to start off the podcast by asking you, what are four albums or five albums that influenced your uh, current sound or got you into making music? That's a good question, and I, I hope not every answer I give is so horribly cliche, but of course, the original floral sh- I'm a relative newcomer to Vaporwave, newcomer being like 2014, I first heard the Macintosh Plus album that everyone's so f- fussy about. <laughs> uh, another album, uh, Dragon Soul by HKE, I know HKE is the character and um, people have this love and hate relationship with the the, the um, telepath joint albums that are almost memes now. Yeah, uh, Dragon Soul by HKE definitely pretty influential. If I were to go really really back in time, uh, there's an album. Oh my god, what was it called? I'm scrolling through Bandcamp right now to my ancient stuff, trying to find it. So album number three that was really influential would be the album Skeleton by an artist whose name is a symbol that I can't read, but it's the one with the pyramids and the red mist. You know, everyone's seen it. Yeah. So it's the Skeleton album. And the last one, Palm Mall. Palm, Palm Mall by Cat System Corp really helped me realize how much ambient sound can add to an album's experience. Yeah, honestly, Cat System Corp is probably um top five for me um that <laughs> for so many people yeah honestly like the the whole news at 11 mm. joint huge huge influence on me trying to solidify my sound and like kind of i don't know it was one of the first albums i mean I've, I've listened to vaporwave for a long time um but it was just one of those albums that really like made me truly feel something and i got really like emotional listening to it because mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't i don't know how old you are but i was like five years old when that like, like when 9 11 happened and i literally saw <laughs> like the entire world just change yeah like, overnight it was, it's just crazy yeah i i was in grade grade school so like pre-middle school when 9 11 happened i'm in my i'm in my late 20s now okay and yeah it's definitely a day i remember yeah and even though I was a little older than you at that time, it still it wasn't totally clear how it happened so early that it's hard to understand how much it changed the world. I think it yeah. would be easier to visualize if it happened when I was thirty. Yeah, honestly, or I like thirty when it happened, or like right now, like let, let's say like yeah. we were in our twenties, like at that point. But no, like, um, honestly, those are all great. Those are all great. Um, great answers um truly not like they're, re- they're really not they're really not cliche it's except not like... floral shop just god i i wish i wish i could lie i wish i had like <laughs> a good obscure super intellectual esoteric album but yeah it's floral shop sorry no i'm not gonna lie like that i i'm not gonna cap either um truly yeah floral shop is probably you know the one that got me into vaporwave um but honestly yeah, man. Uh, it's just everyone's so fussy over that. I don't know why. It's such a good album. I don't know why. Or even even like uh, the the Dragon Soul. It's forever associated with the um, old English spelling bee album, like the vinyl situation where I, yeah. I wasn't one of those buyers, but like it's associated with that now, and so is Floral Shop. And yeah, yeah. I, it's I, unfortunate that that's something that pops into people's heads when thinking about such a, like a really interesting album. Honestly. Um, but yeah, I just, I just want to, I just want to thank you again for, uh, and it's long time coming, you know, literally trying to plan, <laughs> trying to plan, find the time for, for this interview. Um, 
but I, hey, I'm, I'm honestly glad that we're able to get it. And I do apologize for anyone listening. I did promise this last week. Um, I might have to do a double, like a double feature interview uh, later this or like later this week or maybe next week. We'll see. Um, right for for the listeners, we rescheduled this three times, four times. This is the fourth time. Yeah, <laughs> for, like the fourth date and time that we had set, but we're both working, and you know, li- life happens. So never give up. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I I was I was dead set on getting this interview done, but hey, we got it now, and I'm very happy and I'm very excited. But I just wanted to start. I just wanted to start off. Um, Jumping for jumping on top of the question that I asked you, mm-hmm. um, what? So those those four or five albums they influenced you, but what was your true start with making music? Were you making music prior to making Vaporwave, or was this your first time experimenting with music? I, I think anyone who's listened to my music, a term I a term I use loosely, um, <laughs> could guess that no, I certainly didn't make music before this. I have always loved music. I've, I've always listened to music, been deeply involved in music scenes. So like, I'm like, I'm like a deadhead. I listen to a lot of Grateful Dead. I've got dead tapes. I was in the metal scene, like the extreme metal scene for many years. I would go to these like really pretty underground shows. I've moshed, I've had an earring kind of ripped out, <laughs> like that kind of just it's grimy, grimy nonsense that my lower back no longer allows me to do, but <laughs> uh, I ran a zine, I collect vinyl. So I've always been this appreciator of music and music, like playing an instrument. I always associated music with like playing an instrument or singing. That, or I thought that everyone who does music production was some sort of like computer science savant. No, and I, I, I got older and I realized that's, that, that's not the case. You just get some software and, and you, you try. So I started i'm sorry to cut you off but i started oh, making music in october 2019 um i had started following the vaporwave scene really like, closely in 2018 but like like a lurker really silent i didn't have a persona i didn't have a voice uh and i, I watched like a bunch of like kind of meme-tastic frank jeff videos oh, and yeah. like in my in my job i'm a I'm, I'm like a software expert. I don't write code, but like my job is basically helping people learn how to use software very quickly. I noticed that in his videos, it's just software. I was like, this is software. I can do software. What if, what if I made a track as like a joke? Because um, a lot of Vaporwave draws on Nintendo, like that Nintendo nostalgia. I never had Nintendo growing up. I had a, I think we had a prototype NES at home, long story how we got that, but PlayStation household all the way. We had every PlayStation console. <laughs> and I was disappointed that nothing around Croc, there's this game called, exists. There's this game called Croc with this cute little polygon built crocodile. And it's 3D. I believe it was the first fully 3D release on the original PlayStation. Yeah. And I just love that game. I love the sounds. I love the aesthetics of the game. I love the experience. It's a kid's game. It's definitely easy to play. Yeah. Nothing existed. So I was like, why don't I make Crockwave? I like the plane landed from Electronicon 2 in LA. I got off the plane. I was like, I'm going to make this. <laughs> I mean, hey, it could have easily been Bubsy Wave. Let's be honest. <laughs> it could have been anything, <laughs> really. Could have been, yeah. It could have easily been 3D Bubsy Wave. Yeah. And I just found like by, you know, I would, I, you know, I threw some samples in garage band. I didn't, I didn't get a DAW because like, why would I do that when I was just messing around like a real DAW and it was fun. And I made something that sounded kind of cool and I put it on the internet and then I made another and another, and then people liked it snowballed from there. So I tell people that like, I, I'm very unironically, I'm like, I was like a meme account that tripped and fell into making increasingly more serious music and honestly like the early okay so i think you and i roughly started like started our accounts in the same time period Mm because i didn't pop up into the scene until like november of 2019 yeah so my account existed prior if you if you look my my account's actually from march 2013 but i've you know shape-shifted so many times that I might as well have not existed before June 2019. 
Yeah. But I mean, like, honestly, you know, fortunate. You're you're very fortunate to have that, you know, non-ironic, ironic, but then being back to, like, serious, you know, like, fan base. And, like, you make some sick music. I was listening to Atlantis earlier. Oh. And, like, you know, so I was listening to Atlantis just to get into that, the mindset of, like, the interview and stuff like that. And, I, man such a good such a good project thank you uh, i'm so sorry that the mastering on that first track is so bad but i'm learned i was learning <laughs> i made that album in april and even Honestly. since then i listened to stuff i made in april like oh my god like oh the levels in this are just sideways god i can fix that but whatever i mean i mean it's better than my mixing i'm going to keep it honest with you my mixing is kind of garbage sometimes i i don't have a computer to like mix and master <sighs> so play by ear I think it's the elephant in the room that no one can actually mix and master. And then there are people who are mixing and mastering, but they don't know what to call it. They're like, oh, I can't do that. And then they describe what they're doing. <laughs> it's mixing and mastering. It's like, I'm just compressing and uh, <clears throat> equalizing uh, the bass. And then just, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know what that's called. It's, it's, it's mixing and mastering. You're, you're mixing and mastering tracks. You jerk. You make us look bad. <laughs> oh, jeez, God, man. Sure. No, but... uh. No, but no, Atlantis is pretty good. And then uh, I was I was about to listen to the project that you had just dropped yesterday, that five song. Oh yeah, that that is an old project that I I, I actually re, I re released. Okay. Um, it, mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, like I was about to listen to it, but then uh, it was time to start the interview, so I was like, all right, I'm oh gonna no, listen to this later. <laughs> Did you have a chance to listen to Life Best Located Under Sea, the Ocean Grunge album? I'm really proud of that one. Yes. That one's really good. That one is really good. Um, so tell me about that project really quick. So Yeah, tell Life me Fest. About, tell, me, tell me about the recording process. How long did it take you to make, make mm-hmm. it? Yeah, so Life Fest located undersea, very, it really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Not at all. So <laughs> it makes way more sense when you don't say these things out loud. So that, that album, I, I, I've been aware of Ocean Grunge and I've been really interested in Ocean Grunge for a long time. Yeah. I, something about it being an abandoned genre that existed briefly in around 2012 to 14 and then not makes it ironically appealing like it should be abandoned but i want to make more so i decided to to make that album when i was asked to do a live stream i i wanted to have a set for a live stream and i was like well i don't have that much material out i don't know how well the songs that i currently have mix and what i i thought to myself what if i use live streams as like a a forcing function to make me put out new content so i was like i'm gonna make an ocean grunge live set that is going to also be an album. I, I commend you for that. that I mean, <laughs> but the, the song, the song, like <laughs> songs, Kurt, uh, Kurt Cobain is Jesus. And mm-hmm. that isn't very ocean grunge of you are like, I mean, the, the titles aside, the you like really good. Those are my favorite. Those are my two favorites. Ah, uh, yes. You, you like the bangers on that album. Uh, those yes. are the two with trap beats. I know that I know it too well. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that that album was really fun in that I really wanted it to be like an ocean journey, as cliche as that is. Um, It was also, that album was also made in the point in time when we all realized that maybe this quarantine isn't going to be like a month. Maybe it's not going to be two months. Maybe it's not even going to be a year. Maybe it's going to be quite a while. Yeah. So that, that album was me kind of processing the anxiety of that. And having to meet this deadline for a live stream, something which I had never done before, I just opened up my DAW and said, I'm going to make a 30-minute track, see how it goes. So I collected a bunch of samples. Some of the, I almost don't want to name some of the samples used in it, just to keep it mysterious, maybe also for copyright reasons. Um, <laughs> when I, no, when I do sample, I try to really destroy and transform as much as possible so it becomes something new. One, yeah, one, one trick I, I do for uh, sampling is if I can, uh, if Shazam can recognize it, you just yeah. gotta keep, you got to keep screwing it up. 
or I'll just drop it on an unsuspecting listener and be like, you know what that sample's from? If they say no, I'm like, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Like, cool. If you don't know, no one knows. And even if, even if people suss it out, like it is legitimate. It's so, it's meant to be so different that it is a new experience. And I would hope that even, even someone who was behind a sample and I don't, I don't sample like really small artists. Like if I wanted to sample like your stuff, I would definitely ask. Um, I'll go ahead. I, if you sample my stuff and, and if it, if it takes me a while, then I really not a fan of my own music. <laughs> I mean, no, go ahead. You, you have my permission. Right. Right. I always think it's polite to ask it a lot. A lot of artists do have that kind of open door policy. Um, yeah. so yeah, that album was made in a week. I wish I could say more than that. It was made in a week. Uh, how much time I actually spent sitting and working on it was a couple a couple hours spread over a week because I, I am also working full time at at, the, yeah. at that time at this time. Uh, yeah, I made it in a week. I made it in Fruity Loops. Uh, I used a really really wide variety of samples and tried try to weave them together into a continuous experience. Um, mixing you know post punk grunge tracks with trap beats is not easy. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just bad at it. I don't know, but it wasn't easy <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, and I, with that album, I, I just kept shifting things around, shifting things around. And I considered each section of it done when at some point that section was stuck in my head. So when I was like washing dishes the next day, if that bit from the water will come was just like, mm, loop, just looping in my brain, I considered it done. So, uh, do you have different like recording methods or like when making a different track, do you go in it with a uh, different like mentality? Like obviously you go in with different mentalities, but do you go in with like uh, different uh, recording methods? Like, Hey, if I'm sad today, I'm going to make a happy song or if I'm like angry or you just like go against the grain or how do you, how do you go about that? Uh, my music, usually the album will have a mood more than a track will. Okay. I think I figure that out after a lot of the time I'll channel certain media that I've enjoyed, something that made me feel a particular way. It's like not really how I'm feeling right now, but like how does this game I played so many years ago or movie I watched or song I heard, like some of the samples in that album in particular are, you know, something not so obscure, but it's backwards, slowed down, down pitched and stretched in the background. So like an element of its of its experience is there, but it's like so fucked up that you you, you can't pick it out. And w- once I put together all the pieces that are on my mind, like whether it's a piece of media or a memory or whatever, I decide how to make how to make that into a narrative. So Life Fest under located undersea does does have a narrative where, you know, you're on a raft and then there's a storm and then it's you start having these hallucinations about how grunge is, is dead, but maybe it's not. <laughs> but then you, you hit the garbage patch floating in the Pacific and all's kind of lost, but you accept it. And then there's like a foghorn. It's all really on the nose <laughs> when I say it that way. And maybe it's more enjoyable and mysterious when a listener just listens to it and doesn't know what I meant. And I, I like it that way. I like knowing what I meant and I like other people potentially figuring out what I meant or telling me what it might've made them think about or what it meant to them or that they hated it. I don't, I don't expect everyone to like like it. I honestly, yeah, I don't, here's the thing. Like, I think the, uh, the genre overall is collectively, you know, they're, they're, they're honest. Like if they don't like it, they just won't comment on it or they just, they will like give a feedback instead, you know, like, Hey, instead of doing this, do that instead. But even, even more so, like, I don't even see that. Like, I think a lot of people are very open-minded with like people's music and stuff like that. And I think that's cool. Like Mm. I've seen, I've been in multiple, like different scenes, like, like you, like I've been in the hardcore scene. I've been in the punk scene, hip hop scene. So like, like if you suck, or anything like that people would tell you but like for some reason vaporwave is just so open-minded and i think the fact that you're single-handedly bringing back ocean grunge i feel like i feel that you're gonna spearhead the next the next wave in ocean grunge i think there are a lot of people hey i i I firmly believe people will uh take your album they'll take this album and then they're going to 
use that as a blueprint for the next wave. My gosh, that's really nice of you to say. I would I wouldn't say that. I mean, I know I have like the whole I'm the I'm the queen of ocean grunge thing, and it's all it's all it's pretty it's tongue in cheek. Like if people yeah. who who have met me or have sp- spoken to me at length know that I don't actually take myself or any of this that serious. I try to do things well while not taking them too seriously. Like if I were to be canceled tomorrow and I had to leave Twitter and do something else, I I would and it really wouldn't be of that much consequence to me. Yeah. Um, like the friends that I've made, like we can talk on discord. It's not about the Twitter persona or about Twitter, but yeah. that being said, that being said, I was excited to have an ocean grunge release. That is how I envision it should be to have it well received. So many other people are making ocean grunge. I would encourage everyone to look to search ocean grunge on Bandcamp and really, really see what's out there. Um, not not even that infographic that gets passed around, like the, the new Ocean Grunge infographic that's got, like, I think it's got 30 albums on it. There's more than that. And I think that sometimes the people, the kinds of people who make Ocean Grunge aren't always the kinds of people who are into, like, marketing themselves. And I know that's yeah. kind of a dirty word, but check it out. I'm, I'm not single-handed, that's for sure. I I. I... <laughs> I, I beg to differ, but I mean, okay, I'll, I mean, t- I'll just, take it. <laughs> I mean, you're the one. You're the. You're honestly the 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 most uh, market, like not marketable, but like you're the only one who I've seen market an ocean grunge project. I mean, I I see, I see more so um, people advertising like Signal Wave more than I do like Ocean Grunge, and I feel like they're, I don't know, like they're pretty much stemmed from like the same tree in a sense you know except that one's i mean yes and no but i mean like what do i know i i i barely even make music so i make sounds i, I make, make i make sounds i don't make music I, I like to think i make sounds or i capture soundscapes soundscape i was in my bio at one point i changed my bio around a lot but i was like ambient soundscapes something like slight, slightly pretentious but perhaps accurate <laughs> Um, but I think I do hope that there is a new wave, haha, of of ocean grunge. And if people want to thank me for it, like that's cool. I definitely don't think that I'm the only person bringing it back. Um, what are some of the uh, newer newer artists that you've noticed that have caught your eye or like inspired you, or who you want to just give a shout out to? Uh, Trapes is really cool, actually.
other than vaporwave, what are some other what are some other genres of music that like you that you listen to and that influences you and just gets you you know just gives you inspiration and stuff like that? What other music do you listen to? A lot. I listen to. I don't know if it influences like the music I make directly so much as like the feel or the reaction I want from a listener. But I listen to a lot of metal. Um, I like death metal. I like some black metal, although that's kind of a troublesome scene. Uh, Classic rock. I like um, even like top 40 and hip hop. I I like, I I like a lot of Kanye West stuff. (laughs) Like the whole concept of like the life of Pablo hour long album. I think that's really cool. And maybe I'll make a like hour and 30 minute long album in the future. Go ahead. I mean, I'm pretty sure we'd all enjoy listening to that. Um, it's, it, I'll get there. It takes practice <laughs> to, to put out that much content at once and have it be cohesive in some kind of way. But uh, does Kanye West in, a, in any way influence you? Like, like production-wise or just like him as a person or his like attitude? Or... Cause I think he's... Yeah, Kanye's such a... He's just a weird but like interesting person to just look at he's a weird guy i mean i understand why a lot of people don't like the guy i don't know if i would like the guy if i met him personally but i do think that he he obviously has a really interesting way of looking at things yeah whether he's like okay personally or not i'll I'll leave that to to him yeah (laughs) you know but i i i think that too many that's kind of i I don't want to say this in a sort of a jerk way but I like it when artists are outspoken and interesting. I don't yeah. think that has to be grating or offensive or alarming. I think I think it can be interesting. So even with my online presence, I try I try to keep it interesting. I don't I don't attack people personally in order to get engagement. I won't I won't do that kind of thing. I see a lot of that in some scenes. But yeah, I'll, I'll put statements out there that are hopefully i encourage people to think that encourage conversation yeah and uh i don't know something something about like con- uh, people like kanye or just people who uh, i'm not saying i wouldn't say troll in a sense because i don't <laughs> think he's trolling i i think i think he does have serious uh mental um issues that he needs to work out um yeah i i really think i really hope he gets help because um and just just anyone basically like if you're if you're experiencing like mental health or like manic episodes and you're not getting help that you need like i think you should just get it or at least reach out to somebody because you know at the end of the day it's 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 a scary it's a scary thing to go through like no one should ever go through that i'm sure and I, i'm i'm always careful to not ascribe anyone else's actions to a mental illness because I, I think that's very personal and just because someone might have a diagnosis doesn't mean that you can chalk up every action they take or decision they make to that. I think that's it can be a bit dehumanizing. So with Kanye, it does seem like he's acting out in some kind of way and someone like Kanye certainly has handlers. He's got, he's got people who are trying to rein him in and <laughs> to, to tell oh, him yeah. what to do and not to do. So I, 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 I never know what's performance and what's genuinely yeah. um, perhaps something alarming happening in public. I, 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 hope the guy, I hope the guy levels out and finds peace or maybe in the future explains what, what, what's been going on with him these days. Yeah, definitely. Um, I gotta keep walking every so often so I can avoid, you know, sounds because there are a lot of trucks outside and it's really loud. That's all right. All right. Um, but no, um, what, what do you, what do you think the next step in vaporwave is do you think we'll ever reach the next step or do you think we're just going to i don't know like what do you what do you think the next step of vaporwave is gonna look like in the next decade 
It's a good question and de decades a good caveat to have in there because if you asked me in February, I would have said live events, I would have said festivals, I would have said like uh, Electronicon, but bigger. But yeah, yeah no, that's complicated at the moment. I would say in, yeah. the, in the 10 year scale, I, I see Vaporwave going in some fashion mainstream with quotes around it. I yeah. know that a lot of there there are voices in the vapor community who are like, no, vaporwave should never be mainstream. It should stay underground forever. Keep vaporwave weird. And yeah, the thing is, there'll always be that. Like, there's weird pop. There's weird. Uh, there's there's like that new digicore, like the hundred or uh, hundred gex. And... Yeah, hundred gex is interesting. Definitely, and I'm I'm noticing a lot of people, a lot of people in the pop scene, like Charlie XEX and, um. I don't know that that weird glitchy style I feel like is going to take over in the next like year. I think there'll be a glitchy style. I think that the, the next step is um, kind of a democratization of music making. I, people joke about how oh, everyone's got a SoundCloud now and they, they do. Yeah. But I think what's going to happen is, okay, yeah, everyone and their dog has a SoundCloud. They're going to get good. They're gonna, people are gonna start carving out like this infinite constellation of, of niches in genres and between yes. genres. Um, streaming, um, I, I, I haven't looked, but I would bet companies that handle streams right now, they're gonna get funding. They're gonna be hiring a lot of engineers to handle bandwidth and performance. Um, because streams are not gonna go anywhere. I watched, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not big into EDM, although I'm aware of it, but and not tomorrow, land tomorrow land or tomorrow world whichever one is in europe right they, they, they recently yeah. had this live stream where they had this very like uncanny valley like um computer generated audience around a stage that was interesting and when it was described so it was described to me by someone who had seen it and then i saw it and the description was so much more cringy than the reality and reality was like kind of interesting to have that element so like what if vr gets incorporated in that and you know everyone puts on a vr headset and they they are these these aren't just computer generated objects they're avatars but then how would that work right like i'm in an apartment that's not very big if i'm wearing a headset and moving around i'm gonna knock over my record player so i i think that direction things might go i think there are definitely like physical and technological constraints on what can be achieved. Oh, yeah, I think in the 10 year scale, there will be maybe more live vaporwave events. I think that streaming will become something more immersive and complicated than it is now. Yeah, because like, because I, I feel like the, uh, I mean, the live events have been a huge saving grace for the vaporwave scene. Because honestly, we were starting not not starting to rely, but we were like getting too excited for uh, these live events, and I even wanted to do a tour at some point in time mm, that'd be um, so cool i was yeah i was already like i was already in the talks of like wanting to plan a tour or at least doing some live events here in a here in arizona and stuff like that um but literally this whole covid thing just screwed everything up and mm. but i think yeah i think live events yeah that'd be so cool though to have be like the vr the vr aspect not so not more so like having like a festival setting but more so like hey let's go to this stage so you just put on your vr headset and then you're mm -hmm. just at this stage right yeah i i think that that could really be a reality and there are some prohibitive things with vr like it's very expensive we're living through the like, if people thought the 2008 recession was bad this one's going to be worse Definitely. so like can we expect the average like american at least i mean the rest of the world seems to be rebounding to an extent so i'll limit my commentary to the u.s because that's where i live but yeah. so can can we can we really expect the average american to buy a vr headset and uh, you know the computer the get a computer with the computing power to interact with it i i don't think so <laughs> i don't think that's in my budget and i I'm, i still have a job and all that not in the not in the next couple of years but i think yeah. maybe 2025 that probably start you know being a little more in the conversations and stuff like that but i mean in the next yeah in the first like the next couple of years from like 2020 to 2022 i feel like we're still gonna be kind of like trying to figure ourselves out and like trying to make sure that everyone's okay i think live venues or live 
performances are not going to happen for at least a good couple of years, to be quite honest with that. Like, to yeah. be quite honest. But I don't think they should. I think we, we all need to pump the brakes. And I know people are really frustrated in the U.S. It's like, oh, because of, you know, sort of the most stubborn people in society, we can't yeah. have nice things. And it's, I, I also think it's more complicated than that. Like, the U.S., it's a big country. It's decentralized. It really is. I know people, there there are there are a lot of conversations swirling right now about the nature of authoritarianism and whether we're going that way or not or what. But based, I'm an, for context, I'm an immigrant. Like, I, I haven't always been here. And I've, um, before this, I've traveled quite a bit. It's not something I enjoy, but I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that some of it was... It, it being not as grid as the rest of the world was inevitable, but it being this bad was not. But either way, we're here. And I'm a scrappy person, and I'm trying to make the best of what I can. So live streams are a huge, huge part of that. Maybe I'll and learn to DJ live. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> just, buy yourself a, just buy yourself a turntable and just learn how to scratch. Yeah, I, I think I think I can totally get access to the hardware if I want to, and like the long process of figuring out what do I actually need, um, what what's got a learning curve that's right right for me. I don't have I don't know if I have the the time. That's gonna be my big constraint. But yeah. No, I, I feel I feel that. Uh, I mean, DJing is like I'm not saying it's hard, but I'm not saying it's easy. But I mean it's there is a learning curve and of course i think yeah no like i think i think djing or i think uh i think we all gotta learn how to dj i think live events are pretty much gonna be our i don't know that, that's gonna be our norm for the next couple of years until this covid situation you know smooths out it's i think it's huge it's something that i've noticed i think I, I think i tweeted this and some people were like i don't get it but my personal experience has been that the vaporwave community is so excited to have any space virtual or I- irl where yeah we can connect with people who like the same music and nerd out and have fun and, and vibe to it whereas a lot of the like the edm folks like i, I live in a household we'll, we'll put on like edc and the, these big streams and there's this sort of like the sighing longing for like oh but it's not the same or oh you know i'm not in the crowd and it's kind of it's kind of a bummer because in the because I think it's all about attitude. Yeah. Where like I'm just so excited to have vaporwave on a stream, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of notorious for like not sticking around for a whole stream sometimes when I do join, but it's so excited to exciting to have that option. Yeah. And definitely. to watch the replays and to give people an easily accessible creative outlet because it's easier to get on a stream than it is to play live and deal with a venue and all these things so it's going to help us discover so much talent which is already happening yeah and and like once we uh once the talent is like discovered and once like people have been given that that platform when it's time to finally you know perform in real life or like go on tours or even you know just stuff like that like it's an excellent way to just build that audience build that and that's very exciting because like i was listening to uh Cause I don't know if you, I don't know if you like caught the, uh, the aqua visual, uh, live set that happened like last Friday. I did not. I heard great things. Isn't that the one where winter quilt did his acoustic set? And that was yeah, really cool. That, yeah. He's yeah. A cool guy. And then he, he, oh man, winter, man, winter quilt. He just, I want to drink with that guy. Much, he's so <laughs> cool. Like he is just, he is just such a, oh man, I would love to hang out with that guy. Yeah. I mean, like pretty much everyone, like everyone was just so nice and like, open and i felt like i kind of like screwed up the stream a little bit like everyone was just like vibing out to you know classic vapor and then my weirdo music just came on and it's i don't know it's fine (laughs) i mean i enjoyed it and people seem to enjoy it as well um so i got positive i didn't get any negative feedback from it so that's also good but yeah, and anyone who like, everyone's an amateur here, so anyone who's stomping around and giving amateurs negative feedback, like I was in a chat and someone was like, "Well, if you can't beat match, you have no business doing this or that." And I was like, "Come on, right. <laughs> just like how, how is anyone going to learn if they don't try?" Exactly, and I again, I'm not a DJ as well, so like learning beat matching or like you know BPM matching and stuff like that, like I'm still learning, and I'll screw up 
but you know what at the end of the freaking day it's like you, you there's only one there's only one way and it's just up you know you just get better and, well, and i guess the assumption that everyone's trying to make music like act like whom whomever right like maybe someone wants the beats to be a little off to to be interesting to keep the ear engaged like not like i don't want vaporwave to become this homogenous thing where everything is like crisply produced like i want some of that i also want some just like weird uncomfortable stuff everything can coexist yeah oh yeah definitely and i feel like vaporwave in 2020 has evolved to the point where it's like it's kind of like hip-hop or like rock where it's like you can have your buddy hollies you could have your like led zeppelins but you could also have your like um you could have your thrash bands and you could have your punk bands you could have your indie you could have your folk you know like i i feel like we've evolved to the point where classic vapor is a nice starting point but then it's just you can go and listen to ocean grunge or signal wave or mall soft or or some some really niche niche vapor i don't know like i don't know it's just really cool 2020 2020 vapor wave is pretty interesting and like i don't know why people are still so fixated on classic vapor i think we should all just learn to accept that classic vapor is what it is you know the future is now old man Right, because like what's done has been done, and it's great. It's not bad. I'm not gonna knock classic vapor, and some people yeah. want to make it that they, they should. But yeah, this this hemming and hawing about what is vaporwave and what isn't, I think, is kind of exhausting because vaporwave didn't exist ten years ago. I'm not sure anyone knows what it is and should be or will be. Yeah, honestly, that's what's um, cool about it. So like, I feel, I feel like the next, like the next step in like musical sounds is like, yeah, going jumping off of what you said earlier is. We did have our moment in like 2012, 20, yeah, 2011, 2012 with the Young Lean and Cloud Rap and that kind of stuff. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. I mean, we did have our we did have our time, but I feel like with how weird music's getting, I think we could get our we can get our second chance, our second wind. Oh yeah, especially with this with the with the lockdown and all the streams happening, it's an opportunity to 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 get some to get people listening to new sounds because I, I people don't necessarily know what they want till they hear it i'm i'm that way myself like i don't know what i want till i hear it but when i hear it it's like sign me my, up. my brain clicks and i know i know that i found something new yeah definitely um so what are do you have any plans for any new releases or what or what what are your plans for the next half of 2020 yeah, for the second half, I I have a lot planned. I I, I essentially have outlined an album per month. Okay, which is a lot. Uh, and again, my production process is pretty fast. My albums are not long. It's really more about capturing like a, a mood and ambiance than technicality. Yeah. So, uh, I have a second Ocean Grunge album outlined. I'm not sure when it's going to release. I'm not sure how it's going to release or, uh, or like through, through which label, but uh, I have that plan. It's called Nautilus. It's going to be really fun. And I've been listening to just like hours and hours and hours of Ocean Grunge on Bandcamp. <laughs> it's pretty weird. I should, I should listen to some varied music as well. I, I try to change up what I'm listening to when I'm trying to make music, like I don't listen to vaporwave as much as people think. And Same here. I'll have, Same here. yeah, I'll appear at a time when I just don't, I don't touch music for like a week. I don't listen to it. I don't make it. I watch movies and I read books and I do something else and go for a walk and whatever, whatever I can realistically do these days. And, and that, that just helps clear the palate. All right. Like cookies are great. If you eat nothing but cookies, you're just going to like, hate yourself really quickly and music gets to be that way yeah definitely um i i listen to vaporwave you know just when i'm in the in the mood or like when i when i want to do that but i'm the same way i i pretty much just listen to trap and like funk like p-h-o-n-k kind of like funk yeah funk. I, I listen to like like space ghost perp or you know that kind of like airy kind of sloshy trap music 
Nice. That's, per- that's pretty much all that I listen to. Um, but I get that. No, it's, you can't, I don't know. You, you start taking influence. If you start listening to the music that you're making, you start taking other people's style and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I even listen to my, my own music back occasionally. Like I'll just go through my not very long SoundCloud catalog and be like, all right, this is where I've been. Where do I want to go next? Yeah, definitely. All right, so we're coming close to the end of the podcast. I want to I wanna ask you one question. Um, mm-hmm. So have you ever had sleep paralysis? Yes. All right, tell me, tell me your sleep paralysis story. Uh, I've had sleep paralysis a couple times in my life. Um, so for the, for the audience, have you explained what sleep paralysis is on this podcast before? Um, I've done one episode prior, and I did kind of – give a disc but just for those who are this is their first podcast what sleep paralysis is is your brain is half like awake but half asleep mm-hmm. so you're in be- you're kind of between REM sleep and your body's just your your body's asleep and it's just it's it's entering this rest mode but your brain is still kind of conscious mm-hmm. so you can have one of two things you can like have visual hallucinations or you can have auditory hallucinations or sometimes both. Um, but you, you're unable to move. You can't move. Mm-hmm. You're stuck in this position and it feels like you're kind of being held down against your will. Mm-hmm. And then it's just the most terrifying experience. Right. Yeah. Cause like, as you go through the sleep cycles, when you go through stages one through four of sleep stage three, you're moving around quite a bit. Stage four, you are paralyzed. There's like, I believe a chemical in your body that does paralyze you when you have REM sleep and yes. you come in and out of that process throughout the night. I used to study this kind of thing in college. So, um, you have like, depending on how long you sleep, you've got maybe like three or four opportunities each night to have sleep paralysis happen. And yeah, I've had it. I had it happen when I was a kid, pretty young, um you know it's classic like i wake up but your body your body's all frozen um i have had some mild hallucinations like oh like shadowy spiders or um like a humanoid type shadowy figure it's it's a little scary it's scary the first time it happens but by like the nth time it happens it's like oh this again (laughs) right like you know what's happening and it's kind of unpleasant but fine so yeah i've had sleep paralysis a couple times in my life yeah, I, I suffer from chronic sleep paralysis. Oh. Like, I get it. I get it. I used to get it like almost every day. Um, now it's more so once a month if I'm lucky. But yeah, I get it. I got. I, I get it so much that I was like, you know, I'm just gonna own this sleep paralysis dream chain. I see. That's, that's, yeah, that's the the whole. That's the whole background on the the name sleep paralysis dream chamber is because I have it so much that it. it it eventually became a muse. Like I couldn't make music with sleep paralysis to the point where I would have to induce it mm. to make albums. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, some of my tracks are, are kind of inspired by sleep paralysis. I don't know if I don't know if you've had it. Like, um, I'm date myself here, but sometimes if I would leave a DVD or a VHS on, you know, the end of a VHS, the static comes on, or the DVD takes you back to the menu screen. Sometimes I would have sleep paralysis while that was happening. And I would kind of see it and just be like, "Oh shit, I need to, I don't know if I can curse on this. Um, like oh, I need to turn. It's it's like I, I need I need to turn that off, but I can't. <laughs> so I specifically even on demo disc, the first album I released, the song J Moto. It's the from a game called uh, it's some of the sounds from a song called Jet Moto. And I think one time I like fell asleep with my demo disc on and the cursor was on jet moto and I could just hear that music looping and I couldn't do anything about it. And I was just like, ah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very scary. I, I don't know. Like it's gone to the point where it's gone physical. Like I would wake up with physical scratches, but keep in mind, I chew my fingernails. So mm. I have no nails. So I wake up with scratches on me. Oh, that's paranormal. Okay. I feel like, I mean, I, I feel like I'm being followed by something, but crazy. <laughs> but anyway, um, I want to thank you again for uh, entering the Dream Chamber. Um, when are we going to, when is the Sleep Paralysis Project 
keep hyping up <laughs> i'll do it i'll do a sleep paralysis single at least i All mean right, it's, it's something do, that it's, what i'll do a vapor kitty the same day you drop it <laughs> you should do it we should do a split that's That'd sleep paralysis all right all right well we'll talk about that later yeah well it's right. been a good stay in the dream chamber i appreciate well the invitation and it's been fun all right um thank you again um i will link all the i'll link all the soundcloud Bandcamp, uh social media in the uh bio of this uh, podcast of uh, follow vapor kitty um on twitter band camp so um soundcloud um just thank you again and thank you for entering bye-bye thank you goodbye Thank you.